Hello and welcome to A Queer Understanding, weekly conversations about all things queer. We are your hosts, Dr. Angelica Thompson and Akessa Thompson. For more information about the show and to hear more episodes, visit us at aqueerunderstanding.com. Ray Rico is a bilingual Latinx entrepreneur and LGBT plus business leader specializing in advertising and marketing strategies for companies in Memphis and beyond. His first company, Ray Rico Freelance, is a locally owned and operated digital marketing strategy company launched in 2007. Rico also serves as managing publisher for Focus Mid-South, Memphis Metro, and Focus Middle Tennessee, Nashville Metro, serving the area's LGBT plus and allies communities. Rico is a U of M alum and has had extensive training in communications designs, business management, and development through nationwide initiatives like NGLCC cohorts, IC Business Capital Planning, Babson College Executive Track, and XLR8 Capacity Building. Rico leads his community by serving on the board for the Cooper Young Community Association, the Cooper Young Business Association, Memphis Area Humane Society, Casa Detro Latinx Community Group, and a community liaison for Planned Parenthood. He's a proud dog dad to his pup, Domingo. Here's our conversation. Hi, Ray. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, so I read your bio and you have a lot going on. You're on several boards. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why you're so passionate about the work that you do? I am a gay Latinx man. So by nature of virtue, those are some of the things that I remain passionate about. There's a lot of work that an opportunity that needs to be brought to the forefront, discussed, addressed here locally and regionally. And I think the opportunity is what kind of gives me the passion because there are things that need to be done and there are folks that need help and support and resources. And what I try to do is leverage my place in the community, my businesses, the magazine to offer that voice for folks and to amplify what we do, what we work on, our lives, our loves, that sort of thing. Tell people a little bit more about Focus Magazine specifically. Yeah, so Focus Magazine is a regional LGBTQ plus magazine. We have two markets. We've got one in Memphis and one in Nashville. So we cover a good footprint in the area. We complement other folks and other media so that we can make sure that there is a good geography that's covered, but also that advocacy, education, news, and stories are in that mix as well. We are a bi-monthly publication, so we come out every two months, six issues per year. We have an awesome website that has all of our virtual issues, regular posted content, and a lot of advocacy and education information for folks in the Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas areas regionally. We've been in publication since 2015 and still going strong. We've got an amazing staff that helps pull it all together. And it's because of them that we are here. A lot of folks congratulate me and praise me, but it's not me. It's everybody. So I right. want to make sure that I've raised those folks up as well. 
But yeah. yeah, we serve the LGBTQ community and our allies, folks who have similar interests for what we do and what we represent. That's who we talk to. That's who our audience is. So, Rita Ray, <laughs> are you the founder of Focus Magazine? Yes, I am the founder. So, we know there you got a lot going on, and then you have something excited coming out this month, which is a Focus Award. Can you tell us a little bit what inspired you to start a Focus Award and what exactly it is? Yeah, absolutely. The Focus Awards are coming up August 26, 2022. They're going to be live in person this year at the Brooks Museum from 6.30 to 9 p.m. And we honor and empower all of our LGBTQ community folks, our organizations, people who do a lot of work and a lot of folks that really go unseen. So it's our opportunity to celebrate and honor those folks. We have done awards ceremonies every year since we've been in existence with the exception of last year. In 2020, we did pivot and have a virtual event, which was very fun, very new. But this year, we're really happy to be back in person. We are excited to see folks in person and see their faces, just to be around those people that we know and love and that are really doing a lot of work in the community to improve things. So it's our opportunity to say thank you. August is our birthday also. So we, in years past, have had a birthday cake with focus on it. Nice. <laughs> really, a celebration event really to lift up those folks and empower those nonprofits. There is a philanthropic piece to it as well. We do have one of the categories that is very popular. That is the People's Choice Award. And we allow all of our nominees the opportunity to get votes. And it's $1 per vote. And folks can go to thefocusawards.com and vote for these people. Each individual or group has identified a nonprofit. So as the voting tallies are completed, the winner that has the most votes, and also there is a panel of community members that help voting and judging as well so that it can be fair, so that it's not just bought. But <laughs> the winner gets a cash donation, which are funds from the voting, and then also a year worth of advertising and focus. Really, it's our way to give back to folks and just to put our money where our mouth is as well so that we can truly support the work that's being done. But I'm wow, very excited great. about the awards. Yeah, yeah, me too. We will definitely be there. Now, is the attire formal or what are we doing? It's dress as you feel. Okay. Some folks go all out. Some folks make their attire some folks come in drag. Everything after you're born is drag is what Mama Rue says, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, come however you want, however you feel more comfortable dressed. But it's at the Brooks. It'll be super fun. We'll have photographers, so the night will be memorable. We have Champion of the Year Award nominees. We have Heart of Gold, which is our Nonprofit of the Year Award nominees. We have a Trailblazer, which is a younger kind of group. We've got a set of nominees for them. And then we have our People's Choice, of course. And then the last one is the Entertainer of the Year. It is a new okay. award that we're introducing this year because there are a lot of artists, performing artists, drag artists, musicians. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, so we have five awards this year. It'll be August 26th at the Brooks. We'll announce the honorees very soon, probably next week. Okay. People's Choice out now. We've got six great folks. We've got Vanessa Rodley. We've got Tevin Matthew. We've got Friends of George's out Memphis, Crystal Ball, Valdem Bendito, and Will Ryder. So we've got six great candidates. Voting's open. So 
that's always exciting to see who the community votes for. Right. Right. So you mentioned a little bit ago about advocating for both uh, the multi Latinx and LGBTQ community. Talk to us a little bit about what are some of the unique needs that you see of each community and how those needs can evolve and how good of a job Nibbits has done in addressing any of the issues that you are aware of. Yeah, so I own an agency called Ray Rico Freelance, which is a marketing agency. We've been around for about 15 years. And with our work in our agency, we do a lot of Latinx outreach with customers, whether it be social media, translations, whether it be programs, events, strategy, that sort of thing. So over the last several years, we've got to work with some really great folks who are doing a lot of work, especially in the Latinx field. And they vary from nonprofits to immigration attorneys to social welfare and wellness groups. So the work is varied. There's a huge population of Latinx folks. And I say Latinx just kind of generally because it, there's a lot of different nationalities that kind of make up that demographic. Right. There are more needs for Latinx outreach with a lot of organizations and initiatives that are happening now with the city and the county. And they're really relying on these major stakeholders that are driving a lot of those conversations, like Casa Teatro, Casa Lu, Mid-South Immigration Advocates. There's several that area legal services. I think that's the name of it that Casey Bryant has. But there's a lot of groups that are doing a lot of work within that Latinx community because there's a need for it. But I guess for me, where my passion lies and what I try to do is connect and fill some of the gaps with some of those groups. Also learn. I'm, I learn stuff every day. I learn different things every day. I understand better and more as I get more involved in organizations and groups. So just trying to be a good steward for the community. You mentioned the boards. I serve on the board as board president for Katza Teatro. This is one of the biggest years that they've had in terms of programs and funding and events. And I'm really happy to help Monica and Dorimar achieve some of those big goals. But there's a lot of needs that the city and that the community and the Shelby County groups come to them with. And there, there's got to be that line of equity. And I spoke about this with y'all when I was kind of prepping, but there's definitely some value with relationships in terms of events, planning, vendors, and things like that. And so Sometimes when organizations come to groups seeking that Latinx input, I feel like sometimes they're really just trying to get those contacts or they're just trying to get into that, which that's not really the right way to go about it. I think really integrating into those communities, those right. neighborhoods, those pockets where there's heavy Latinx populations, that's where you really got to show up. And that's really what it's about, showing up, supporting, not just saying that you're going to do something, but... Right. I think that's where the equity piece comes in. So that's why I am involved with these nonprofits and the work that I do outside of my nine to five job. Right. So Rico, I don't know, I keep calling you Rico. I have a great call. You can call me Rico. Because <laughs> I tell me hard to call you Ray. <laughs> yeah, Rico. So a lot of work in Memphis. The question that I want to ask is being in the community and doing all this work doesn't city government and businesses, corporations in the city in Do you think what you're doing for the LGBTQIA plus community you're not thinking to do more or do you think you're doing anything? That's a good question. I've 
take it and answer it in two parts. I think that the city and the government aspect of it has come a long way. I know that there are still things that the community and local organizations are still advocating for to improve. So there's still work to be done, but I think where we're at now is much better than where we were. My fear is with the city and with state government is that all of our LGBTQ rights are always at stake, especially legislation and administration and how that's so important to go out and vote because those changes really can affect folks, not just in big cities, but rural cities and, and throughout Tennessee too. So I think for the city and the government piece, yes, I think we're on the right track here in Memphis. I feel strong about some of the representation we have with administration here, but there's still work to be done. And that's where I talk about opportunity earlier. That's what affords me to get up and do the work that I do every day is because it's got to be done. There is a need for it. Right. When it comes to corporations, I think corporations are getting better. I feel like people are being more vocal about social justice issues, about race, about equity, about women's rights. And I think there's just a whole long list that things that corporations are really being mindful, not just for their reputation, but also for retention and getting employees and keeping employees. That really matters to people. Um, as far as corporations, I think that the ones that are based or headquartered in Memphis have the right idea. I think we've got great leadership, both in city government and in corporate employee resource groups and leadership and administration. But I think that it's always important to listen to your community, your constituents, your employees, your teams. And it's important to understand what's important to them too. So there's always work to be done, but I think where we're at right now gives us a good opportunity to improve on what we're building. You mentioned about voting. Apart from voting, how do you tell us about the getting law to make sure we are getting these legislators and lawmakers and city government to help to make sure there are resources available for the LGBTQI first community? I would say three things. Listen to what people are saying and doing, okay? Because you're going to get red flags or green flags. You can see it both ways. Show up, whether it would be showing up for Pride or showing up for an event or showing up for Mid-South LGBT Chamber Mixer or showing up for something at Out Memphis. And then the last thing is really act, right? So listen to people show up for them to show the support and act on it. If it's volunteering, if it's sharing a story, if it's donating, if it's attending, those are three important things that I think anybody, any ally, any politician, any business leader could take and heed. They're very simple, three easy things that they can do. And then it just happens over time. It doesn't, you can't overnight fix things and expect yeah. acceptance. You have to build that trust and you have to build those relationships. So. That would probably be my advice to folks. Listen, show up, and act. So how has your experience as a Latino in the workplace? Have you ever felt like you faced any discrimination from being part of either or both of those communities? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I started my business. I worked in corporate America. I have a publishing background, and I've worked in... Uh, jobs where I've been overlooked for roles before, very qualified, ridiculed for ideas, and then ideas like starting a gay publication and trying to create a revenue stream for a big company that I worked for, and they just didn't think that was right and look at us now. So yeah, I mean, there's bullying and ridicule and 
name calling that all happens also Mm -hmm. i'm old school so i've got thick skin and i've been through that but as far as like in the workplace absolutely even recently having my business i've had to have a real serious lesson taught to me from my people my teammates and my leadership at work that not every customer is a good customer right just because there's a dollar amount on something that may look attractive that person or that company's values are not what we represent. And it just, it's not a good fit. So I've had to really walk away from some big projects and some big opportunities because we weren't the best one for them and they weren't the best fit for us. So that takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of, I don't know, foresight. And I really have to thank Layla Hinkle and Randall Sloan at my company for their expertise and really guiding me. Their leadership's really helped me be a better leader. So, and then everyone on my team too, they are folks that I bounce ideas off of. And we really talk through, you know, what it means to take on a client or what it means to not take on a client. You don't want to look at your values and decide on something that's not a good fit for you. If somebody has adverse ideas of what you're working on. So yeah, definitely had some issues with business, but Overall, I think throughout the years, learning how to identify those, understanding what kind of questions to ask, figuring out how values align, you get sharper, you get better, you get smarter at recognizing that sometimes things are a really great fit or sometimes they're just not. Right. And we always ask folks this to give us a little insight into your coming out story. How was that? Or you, was your family supportive? Did you have a bit difficulty there? Yeah, my coming out story was kind of beautiful. I come from a big family of all, mostly all girl cousins, <laughs> a lot of female cousins. So there was not a lot of opportunities for me to play very masculine trucks and cars. And it was Barbies and braiding hair and everything else. So <laughs> naturally, as I grew up, I had a lot of effeminate qualities just because I was around. them. I always knew I was gay. I always knew I was different. And I think I tried to mask that to be accepted more. And coming from a Latino family, there's something called machismo. And there's, you're a sissy if you're gay. And that's Mm -hmm. not, that's, people are not proud of sissies. And so I had a, a lot of struggle dealing with my identity coming out. And so as I got older, went through school, got to high school and and was ready to graduate. I really came into who I was and unapologetically so that I couldn't live with my parents anymore. I had to move out and they didn't kick me out. It was just, I had to be who I was and I had to be me. And that was the safest way I felt that I could do that. In retrospect, I see now that it did put space between my parents and myself. And I think that it still allowed me the opportunity to grow. But after I moved out, my mother moved back to Colorado to be closer to my family. And then I really started venturing out on my own. I ended up moving down to Memphis from a small town called Dyersburg. And I've lived here ever since 1999. Dyersburg, Tennessee. Dyersburg, Tennessee. Okay. I moved down here. And that's really when I came out. I was down here. I had a female roommate. She was a lesbian. Is trans now. And my mother would always call me. We would talk a lot. We were very... I was her buddy. She was my buddy. We loved each other. We talked a lot. She's passed away, so I miss her very dearly. But there were times when she would say, is Chris your girlfriend? Christian your girlfriend? And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, do you have a girlfriend? And no. And she would ask (laughs) me, hey, so finally one day, 
I had the guts and I was like, I don't have a girlfriend and I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> that was when I went and came out to her and she said, okay. She's like, ha ha, you're so funny. And I said, no, mom, I'm serious. I don't right. have a boyfriend and I like guys and I'm gay. And it took a while. She obviously went through all of the, what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? And just being from an 80s baby in that era, our parents thought those things. They thought it was their fault. And then, of course, there's all the stigma about you're going to die from HIV and AIDS. There was fear. But when I got to a point weeks later where I could speak to my mother and she wasn't open mouth crying, (laughs) we had really, really good talks about what it meant for me and how freeing it was. And I think that liberation gave her joy and it made her proud of me because I did something that took a lot of guts to do and a lot of courage. And I was 18 or 19 when I came out to her, I knew. And then the funny thing after that, she calls my grandmother and my grandmother goes, yeah, I knew. (laughs) It's that paternal instinct thing, I guess. When I said it was really beautiful, the bond that I formed with my mother and my grandmother and with some of my family too got a lot stronger because it, I was like a pioneer. There's not a lot of LGBT or there weren't out LGBT folks. There's a few now. And so not that they looked up to me or anything like that, but it was just like, it was you be, you do you. And it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. So what is next for Focus Magazine? How do you see expanding or growing or what do you think you're getting into next? Ah, that's such a great question. I'm glad you asked because it allows me the opportunity to talk about some of our programming that we're working on now. Yeah. Recently, we brought on Ma. Yeah. And Magic. I'm, I'm not sure if you know her, but she's fabulous. Yeah, yeah she put on her program a month, two months ago, something like that. Yeah, excellent a human, beautiful person. Moth is helping us with our programs at the Focus Center Foundation. So at the Focus Center Foundation, this is essentially the foundation that is the nonprofit side for Focus. So it manages four main programs, the Focus Awards, which are coming up on the 26th of August, the Prism Pages, which is a literary kind of newer thing that we're doing so that we can cultivate some young queer writers. We really want to, we're a publishing company, so we want writers. So that's the second program. Mothy is going to be launching their podcast, Musing with Mothy. I think in the fall. So it's going to kind of encompass and talk about all the programmatic things that we're working on. And then the last thing that I'm most excited about is a program that we've been developing about a year now that's finally starting to grow some legs that is not entirely named yet, but it is an HIV art showcase to celebrate World AIDS Day, Mm -hmm. folks living with HIV, and also to have some component that gives back to the community by way of art. So we've got a few ideas on how to do that, working with local youth to create an art competition or working with visual artists, musicians. We don't really know how that's going to take place yet, but our idea is to do something in alignment with the World AIDS Day events that are happening here in Memphis on December 1st. That's a long-term kind of project and passion project that we're working on. Shelby County's number five for new HIV transmissions and number one for AIDS cases. So wow. talk about opportunity and there's not a lot or any kind of art programs that are really geared to really start at a younger age because in my mind, education and stigma are the biggest challenges we have. I think pulling a project off like this is massive. So 
We're looking to work with community stakeholders, funders, corporations, grassroots folks, schools, universities. So it's a pretty big undertaking. So really thrilled Moth is on board to help us. The rest of our very capable staff are really forging forward with this also. So yeah, that's kind of what's coming up with Focus and what we're working on. And super excited to get those programs rolling. Yeah, I was going to say they're very diverse. You are touching a lot of different audiences within the community, giving people representation out of the art and creativity component that you're bringing in. So yeah, it's really great. Yes. So thank you, Rico, for being, I'm going to call you Rico. <laughs> thank you, Rico. Yeah. You know, do you have any lost thoughts and lost words that you want to say to the audience? I just want to thank y'all for the opportunity to let me come on and talk about the work that I do, lift up the folks that do that work and the people that are in our community. It's an honor to be here and always happy to do the work that we do. And anybody that is interested, I guess I'll just plug us with Focus. Check us out, focuslgbt.com. If you have a story idea, you can message us on that the website. You can follow me on all the social channels. All my profiles are public. So message me, reach out. Put all of that yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, put that in there. And then our agency is celebrating our 15 year anniversary, which is amazing. Yay. That's great. So yeah, just really happy to be able to keep doing the work that we're doing. And for folks like y'all allowing me the platform to just get up and talk about it. So thank y'all. Thank you. So if someone wants to reach you, Rico, how can they reach you? You can email me, rico at rayricofreelance.com. That's R-I-C-O at rayricofreelance.com. Or if you're interested in doing something with the magazine, info, I-N-F-O, info at focuslgbt.com. All right, listeners, there you have it. Ray Rico. Let me write this down. Got it. He's an entrepreneur, an LGBTQ business leader, and a pioneer for change in Memphis. Rika is also the founder of Focus Magazine and also the founder of Ray Rico Freelance. So thank you, Rico, for being here. It was a pleasure having you on the Aquarius podcast. Thank you. Y'all be well. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to A Queer Understanding. We hope you heard something that resonated with or inspired you. Join us next week right here at A Queer Understanding. And as always, live your truth and be unapologetically you.